Welcome to Healthy Births, Happy Babies, where we share tips, tools, and stories grounded in natural childbirth and parenting principles, so that instead of feeling overwhelmed and confused during this exciting time in your life, you feel safe, supported, and empowered in your childbirth and parenting journey. And now, here's your host, Dr. Jay Warren. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Healthy Births, Happy Babies. Dr. Jay Warren. I'm the Family Wellness Chiropractor and the Wellness Care Coordinator here at the Cap Wellness Center. And today we have Dr. Alyssa Berlin with us. She is the creator of the Afterbirth Plan. It's a workshop that prepares couples for what to expect when the baby is born. And it is a really helpful tool that I highly recommend um, parents take advantage of. Um, she's going to tell us all about it later on um, in our conversation. But before I bring her on, I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, the Cap Wellness Center. The Cap Wellness Center in Encinitas, California, has assembled an incredible team of fully certified holistic healthcare professionals that offer the very best in prenatal, postpartum, and pediatric wellness services. We offer acupuncture, chiropractic, massage, yoga, lactation support services, and a wide variety of birth education classes to ensure that you are fully able to experience the power of birth. And now let me take a moment to introduce Dr. Alyssa Berlin to you. Dr. Alyssa Berlin is a prenatal and postpartum clinical psychologist, childbirth educator, and a doula. Dr. Berlin works specifically with women and their partners on issues such as anxiousness and emotional fluctuation during pregnancy, postpartum blues and depression, and the complex issues that arise between and around new and expectant mothers. Dr. Berlin offers the internationally acclaimed Bringing Baby Home workshop, along with her husband, Dr. Elliot Berlin. She teaches a one-day childbirth education crafts course once a month, and she's also the creator of the Afterbirth Plan Workshop, a program that prepares couples for what to expect when the baby is born. Dr. Berlin is on the Board of Advisors for International Cesarean Awareness Network, the ICANN, and Pregnancy Awareness Month. Dr. Berlin is a contributing expert writer for Twigtail, and you can read Dr. Alyssa's blogs on the Huffington Post, where she contributes to PBS's This Emotional Life Project. Dr. Alyssa and her husband, prenatal chiropractor Dr. Elliot Berlin, live in Los Angeles and are the proud parents of four amazing children. So with that, let's switch over to my conversation with Dr. Alyssa Berlin. And before I forget to mention it, look in the show notes at the end of the episode uh, for an offer that Dr. Berlin has uh, graciously given to the listeners of this podcast um, that will allow them to get involved with that afterbirth plan. It'll be in the show notes as well as on the blog post. So let's switch over to Dr. Alyssa. All right, Dr. Berlin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Dr. J. It's a pleasure being here. Well, it's great to have you. It was uh, just a few weeks ago on a previous episode where uh, I was having a conversation with your husband, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and it was through him that he was sharing your work. And I just thought it was really important uh, for our listeners to be able to hear some of your expertise as well. So I appreciate you coming on and um, doing that for our listeners. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Great. So we had already read your bio and uh, introduced you just briefly. But um, before we jump into our topic, why don't you just take some time to give a little more background to our listeners about, you know, yourself and how you got interested in psychology as well as in uh, postpartum. 
Sure, thank you very much. Um, you know, in terms of psychology, I feel like it's something that I was interested in from a very early age. Um, I was usually that person that people came to with their problems or their questions, and it just seemed to be a very natural role that I, I stepped into. Mm. Um, and so, you know, already having feel, feel, felt like I, I put on those shoes, I decided to pursue it in graduate school and found that it was really an area that I tremendously enjoyed and felt connected to. Um, and my original focus was on women's issues, body image and eating disorders, and really just helping women feel empowered by, you know, with who they are and who they want to be. Um, and then as Elliot and I started having children ourselves, it seemed like a very natural progression to take my background that I had in women's issues and apply it more specifically to the transition to parenthood. Um, you know, getting to experience it personally and getting to work with people professionally, it just opens up a lot of doors and a lot of um, understanding of what it is that people need in this area of life. And it's truly become my passion to try to get transition to parenthood work to be incorporated into more of the mainstream childbirth education. Um, so Elliot and I, and I'm very fortunate that I get to work with my husband, he and I have done a lot of really wonderful joint projects together. Um, we started the Berlin Wellness Group, um, which is a holistic wellness center um, for anything and everything that a woman or her family might need during her pregnancy or postpartum. And he and I are big believers. Once you've had a baby, you're always postpartum. So there's no <laughs> limitation on that. Right. Um, and he and I have gone on to teach a childbirth education crash course which is also really fun. So in one day you can get everything that you need to know about what this process looks like. And then I just recently launched my new program called the Afterbirth Plan Workshop. And the Afterbirth Plan is really my attempt at mainstreaming and normalizing the importance of looking at what happens after the baby is born and not just focused on labor and delivery. And I always use the analogy, right? Instead of just focusing on the wedding day, let's think about what the marriage looks like. It's not an easy thing to do. There's a lot of bumps and bruises along the way, but it's absolutely rewarding. And in the same way, I want us to apply that same mentality to birth, not just focus on the labor and delivery. It's an important day, albeit one day, but to really start to think about what happens when that baby comes home and the couple has now become a threesome. And, you know, how do we now navigate those next important steps in life? Right. And it's, you know, something that's becoming more mainstream, I think, is, is just what you're talking about, about concepts around that fourth trimester, um, that initial postpartum period. But I, I've definitely seen more and more of the information that's out there is really around like baby oriented, um, around like, this is what to do with the baby and changing diapers and, and those kind of things, rather than it really being kind of whole family transition and the issues that come up. So that's why I'm really excited to kind of dive into what the this, you know, afterbirth plan workshop is all about so that, you know, parents, just as you said, can prepare more um, or do some preparations for the transition to parenthood rather than just focusing on the pregnancy, the labor delivery and, you know, birthday. Yes. Um, yeah, agreed. And, you know, I think like you were saying, we really do our new families a disservice by being so baby focused. Um, we're cruel to some of our new moms. And it's become, you know, th this new paradigm where it's like, wow, if breastfeeding goes well, I'm a success. And if breastfeeding somehow goes poorly, I'm a failure. And instead of focusing on these nuances of things that we do for our baby or collectively, 
you know, I like to come from the perspective of, you know what, if, if mom is happy and if the family is happy and calm, then baby's going to do great and baby's going to thrive. So, yes, we're very focused on baby in a lot of ways, you know, within infant care and also letting that baby kind of become the new focus in the family where forget the relationship, forget the fact that you and I were a team and a couple beforehand. Let's just focus on baby. And I think in all of those ways, we're really doing our babies a disservice. Right. And it's so easy to, I mean, I'm a new parent as well. Nico's about two and it's, you know, there's so much excitement having a baby and it's it, as a first time parent, everything's so new. And so, so much of your focus goes in there just naturally, even just purely out of love, that direction goes there. But then it's all too often after the fact, you know, months, maybe even years down the line, parents realize like, Oh yeah, what about us? <laughs> and what about right. the whole family? And so, in your experience in that, you know, initial postpartum period, what are the major challenges that, you know, new moms and new dads uh, go through? Um, and, and like you said, first of all, congratulations. That's so exciting to be oh, a new parent. Thank you. Uh, and, and let's be honest, you know what? They're cuter. They're more cuddly. Oftentimes they smell better. Like, <laughs> it's very easy to just focus on them. Um, you know, but like, you, but like we were talking about, some of the pitfalls is for sure we become very baby-centered. And part of that is because there's just a lot that needs to be done, and they demand a lot of time and attention. I mean, they are definitely 24-7 in terms of what they're needing and demanding from us. Um, you know, So that's definitely a pitfall in terms of letting go of the relationship and just focusing on that baby. Um, other, other kind of pitfalls that we see, you know, mom and dads really go through very different experiences when they, when they become parents. And I'm not sure that we always give enough credence to the individual experiences. Mm. But, but creating a lot of space and recognizing that even though birth is, is a very finite moment, right, that baby's born, that parenthood is more of a process and an adjustment. And if we can create that space to recognize that mom and dad are going to go through this through this journey separately and differently and to be sensitive to each other as they do that, um, then we're going to be a lot better off. Um, listen, sleep deprivation is a big part of that transition, right? There's no ways around that. Sleep is definitely a different entity. It kind of goes into hibernation for a little while. Um, conflict tends to rise between couples. And a main part of that is that we're not sleeping. And when we're not sleeping, we really are not our most patient and loving and problem-solving oriented selves. Um, you know, what we see also with that transition to parenthood, which could be a, a problem or something to navigate, is that our roles really change. So even if you were the most egalitarian relationship prior to baby, there is this natural return to more traditional roles. Men absolutely feel more of that drive and that need to protect their kids, to protect, to provide. Um, I think part of that is just instinct, you know, instincts kicking in. I think another part of that is that Mother Nature hasn't really defined what dad's role is. And so dads are really searching for how they can make a meaningful contribution. And in the absence of any clear path, knowing that they could provide from a financial perspective is a really easy place to just kind of gravitate towards. And moms really return to that nurturing role, right? And for some moms, that's a surprise. For some moms, it also comes with this perceived loss of power of, I used to be a powerhouse, and I used to be corporate America, or even in our home, I was an equal participant in making decisions. And now my life seems to be deduced to napping, changing diapers, and feeding. And 
you know, th there's just, again, that, that loss of power in their minds. And all of these things, all of the changes and the influx just create the potential for conflict if we're not sensitive to it and we're not understanding about what's happening um, and really open to the changes that are in front of us. And is the, the program that you put forward, is it really about giving parents those tools and almost kind of um, prepaving the way of this is what you may go through so that when they are in it, they'll be able to, um, you know, flex with it better? Or is it really more, is this after birth plan workshop something that a parents take after while they're, while they're in the postpartum period? Uh, thank you for asking. And really, you said it perfectly. Ideally, this is a workshop that couples would take while they're still pregnant. Um, I okay. usually recommend the second trimester because it's that golden trimester. You're feeling your best. You're also likely not bombarded with childbirth education or lactation education just yet. Um, and it gives you the most time to practice. So the afterbirth plan goes through all of the things that you want to know about what to expect with this transition to parenthood. Um, a big part of that is when we're prepared and we know what's coming, we're not as anxious. It also allows us to align our expectations more closely with what the experience is going to be. Um, there's something very powerful in knowing what's normal. And there's a lot of research to support that two-thirds of couples will experience some decline in their relationship satisfaction over the course of the baby. And maybe the and not somehow a reflection of your particular relationship is probably one of the most comforting things that I think comes out of this workshop. Other things that we do in the workshop is I really focus on how to solidify the connection between couples. Babies are stress. They're honestly one of the top 10 stressors we'll ever experience in our lives. That being said, I'm yet to find a culture that doesn't regard it as a happy moment. So stressful, but happy stress. Right. And the more that we can work on strengthening the partners and strengthening the couple, the more that they'll be able to handle the stress as a unit, as opposed to the stress becoming divisive. So the analogy that I often default to um, when talking about relationships in general is that relationships are like walking up a down escalator, right? It, it needs constant energy and constant work and constant attention, or that escalator, the stress of life will naturally just bring you down. Hmm. That escalator gets sped up around the course of having a baby. And so we need to be that much more proactive about what we're doing to um, really feed and support and nurture our primary relationship. And I guarantee anyone who puts the time into working on their relationship to know that their babies will be the direct recipient um, and will benefit the most from all of that work that they're doing. And then the other things that I make sure to do in the workshop is I, I really spend a lot of time talking about postpartum blues, depression, and anxiety, and postpartum psychosis. Again, to debunk some of the myths that are out there, give people some accurate information about what it is, what it looks like, what can we do to prevent or mitigate it, and when is formal and professional, you know, treatments and intervention really important. Um, and then I make sure that everyone leaves with an actual afterbirth plan document where it lists all of the primary and pertinent things that they would need to really navigate this transition as smoothly and as successfully as possible. No, I mean, it sounds like um, it's really action oriented uh, rather than just information. 
yes, a lot of hands-on exercises that we practice. And my goal more than anything is that you can leave that workshop and directly interject the things that we've done into your day-to-day experience. Um, we talk about making it genuine and really connecting with you know the aspects of the workshop that speak to you because if you leave and it doesn't feel genuine, then it's gonna just get thrown in the back with all the other tools that you've heard and sound great, but for whatever reason, never really you know, make it into your day-to-day existence. Right. Now, what difference do you see between first-time parents and then parents that are having their second, third, fourth child? Is the, is the stress more? Is it less? Is it just different? So it's really funny that you say that. You know, I definitely say it's different. Um, you know, there's nothing like that first. Um, and also, once you've had that first baby, you really come into baby number two as an expert in a lot of ways that you weren't in the beginning. So those typical concerns of, you know, feeding and sleeping and toilet training, all of those things, you now become an expert very quickly. The learning curve is really fast. Um, I find with baby number two, the focus very often becomes not so much about the baby, but more about the concern about how to transition an older sibling and the guilt that very often mom and dad feel um, in regard to not being able to give to baby number two what they gave to baby number one. Mm-hmm. What parents don't realize is that very often that's to baby number two's benefit, right? Our, right. our second kids are more resilient and they're more independent and they're able to navigate and take care of themselves in a different way because we're not as keen to jump and run the second that they need us. It really gives them a much more natural opportunity to figure things out. But Jay, I have to say from my perspective, I think for moms and dads, it actually is a little different. That for moms, baby number two is really challenging, whereas for dads, baby number three is a lot harder. Hmm. And the for that is, um, is for me, the, the hardest part that I see that couples or that moms have with baby number two is that all of a sudden you have to turn on that multitasking part of your brain. So every you know, new mom of two kids has had that moment where they're looking and desperately want to divide themselves in half because they have two kids who have two very real needs in the moment and they don't know how to do it. And then at some point, again, that multitasking part of your brain kicks in where you say, you know what? I don't have to nurse the baby in my typical nursing station. I can nurse the baby in bed with my older child while putting him to sleep. And somehow you discover this creativity and this flexibility about how to then meet the needs of both kids at the same time. Um, But very often when there are two kids in the family and dad's home, mom is usually around. So it's not until baby number three that dads really feel outnumbered and the need to multitask in the way that moms feel with baby number two. Hmm. What do you think about that? Well, I'm, you know, as a parent of just one, two seems amazingly crazy. (laughs) And, you know, talking with you, you have four kids. I can't even imagine that. And probably that's because, you know, I'm still in that learning curve. I mean, Nico is two. So I do know that that newborn phase would be much easier than the first time around. Um, but in that kind of multitasking and, you know, a two on two, it seems a lot more manageable than like three on two <laughs> or four right. on two. Um, but I do see here in my practice that um, the sleep deprivation and the newness and the like, oh, my gosh, am I going to do something wrong with the new um, parents is definitely not as much of a stressor um, for the, you know, 
parents that are have a number of kids, but when there's more to do, everybody feels that much more stretched uh, thin. And that kind of, I want to say like perfection ideal gets really tested of doing everything exactly the same way you did with the first and doing everything perfect. And then there, there comes that surrender of just kind of letting go of like, all right, I can only do so much. And that, and that can be a really great phase to move into. But it takes some time, and it can be really stressful building to that point I've seen with the parents I've worked with. Oh, totally. And, and I'll kind of give you a little secret. When it comes to multiple kids, it kind of always stays as two quadrants. We just end up grouping more kids in each quadrant. So it's not that it becomes three-on-one or three-on-two and four-on-two as much as it becomes like the big ones and the little ones. Mm, so we okay. two units. Um, but but you're, you're totally right. And honestly... I, I would love it, and I work hard to help moms connect with that ideal of being a good enough mom as opposed to having to be the perfect mom, even with baby number one. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone is the direct recipient of that. you know. And if we were really to challenge our ideals of what that perfect mom looks like, it's intense. And, and it's honestly really not so achievable. But if we let ourselves off the hook and recognize that being a good enough mom is important and, and is okay, then it allows more time to do self-care, both for ourselves and our relationships with our partners. And you, re- you end up with a much happier mom. So in the end, baby, baby gets more. Baby wins more than, than you might have thought by devoting every second to that child. Right. And self-care is absolutely key. And I think that's what you know, this conversation, as well as others we've had around like kind of that fourth trimester concept is you know, putting mom and you know, dads, I don't want to leave the dads out too, um, on the list as well to be taken care of rather than just baby. Um, right. Because I've seen that personally, that when I'm stressed out or distracted by trying to do too many things, like Nico would like wake up and fuss and basically he'd be like, dad, I'm right here. Pay attention. <laughs> and the more calm I was and more present and when everything was happier in the home, then so was he. And it was just in that resonance of, you know, let's create that space for all of us to be in rather than just trying to make sure baby's taken care of and then all of us feeling left out. For sure. And I I'm, I always add the relationship to that list. So taking care of mom, taking care of baby, taking care of that primary relationship between mom and dad are vital. Um, and, and to do it from the beginning, to not wait until you're feeling completely depleted and unable to stand up straight, but to do it from the beginning. And I encourage you know people in the afterbirth plan workshop as well um, to set that as part of the daily schedule or the weekly schedule, where from the beginning, you're carving out time to charge your batteries. I will never tell a new mom or new dad that you have to sleep when baby's sleeping. I will say that you should rest and mm-hmm. give your central nervous system a chance to shut down, but most of us can't sleep on demand. And if we can add those kinds of moments, those self-care moments, whether it's resting or going outside and doing something solo, um, then it really does a lot to help with that adjustment from the beginning. Right. And it's in uh, those moments of feeling really depleted that, um, one, obviously our most stressful um, can produce a lot of anxiety. And then also um, what you're talking about as far as depression. Are there, are there some you know, kind of key factors that either a woman experiencing these types of things, either the blues versus depression, um, 
that can, they can look for and the partners, you know, kind of look for to indicate like what might require a little more help? Sure. So when we talk about the blues, that's usually an experience that women have and men can have it also, but, you know, routinely more women um, starting around two or three days after the birth and should and typically last around two to three weeks postpartum. And there's usually a moodiness, a sense of instability, um, irritability, crying for no reason. Women will say that they just don't feel like they're themselves. And the blues are typically something that will clear up on their own. Things that we can do to help facilitate that process is minimizing anything that might be overwhelming, right? So reducing housework and reducing the need for grocery shopping and all of those kinds of things so that mom can really focus on healing and taking care of herself as well as bonding with baby. Um, things that will help with the blues also, um, anything that you're going to do to take care of your physical self will automatically feed your emotional self. So eating healthy, nutritive food, um, making sure that you're getting whatever sleep is available to you, um, showering, walking outside. There's something very special for women about connecting with Mother Nature and how they, that impacts their view of themselves. So nothing strenuous, but going outside a little bit, maybe taking that walk around the block can be really very beneficial. And I'm a big, big believer in touch. There's nothing more powerful than touch. So if your partner is up for the challenge, getting some you know, non-threatening waist up massage and um, you know, just some nice cuddling can really do a lot to help a woman feel connected and less isolated. Um, and if for whatever reason that's something that a partner is not comfortable with, you know, getting a, a massage going and getting a massage therapist, a lot of them will come to you these days, and if not, going out and doing that. Um, when we see these symptoms persist past that two to three week mark or intensify, so, and, and what a lot of people don't know is that very often it may look more on the anxious side of things than it might on the depressive side, and so that's important for us to be aware of. Um, but we're looking for, you know, women that are struggling, that they're feeling you know, down for extended periods of time, loss of interest in things that used to be enjoyable to them, major changes in sleep and eating. Um, it could be either doing too much of either activity or not enough. Usually on, in the postpartum, we see that it's not enough, that women are not eating and they're not able to sleep and settle down. Uh, and, and I know that this could be really tricky because some of the things that I'm talking about just naturally you know, happen in that postpartum experience. But we're talking about an intensity or an increased version of that. And very often, partners are going to be the first person to really recognize that something's not quite right, that she just doesn't seem like herself. Um, and there are a lot of other symptoms that, you know, you could look at or see, again, intense anxiety, um, concern about anyone caring for the baby as well as you could, or being fearful that you're not going to do a good job and therefore not wanting to have anything to do with baby. Um, so lots and lots of different things. But really, any time that you're seeing it persist past that two to three week mark or intensifying, that's a time when you really want to look into professional help. Therapy can be, therapy is tremendously helpful postpartum. It's something that's typically a time limited model. Um, so it doesn't take a lot to help women get back to that you know, pre-morbid level of functioning and, and helping her to get to a place where she can enjoy this new baby and this new phase of life. Medication is also incredibly helpful. And there are 
many psychiatrists nowadays that are very sensitive to a woman's desire to breastfeed and look to find the medication that is the least innocuous in terms of that. Um, the combination is definitely the most powerful, especially for pronounced cases. So is there, with the blues, how, how would a person differentiate between kind of like blues slash depression and just straight sleep deprivation? Because <laughs> sleep deprivation can be so overwhelming and feel so horrible. Absolutely. So you know what? I always like to go to the golden question that if someone were to give you a really nice, cozy room and this very comfortable bed, and we'll tell you, you know what, for the next six hours, I'm going to take care of this baby for you. No worries. Would they be able to settle down and sleep? Um, for women who are struggling with depression, the answer would be no. Even with all of those parameters, they would have a lot of difficulty falling asleep. For a woman who is in more of the typical postpartum transition, um, that would be a godsend and the, probably the best present you could ever get her. Um, so that's often a nice way to distinguish that. Hmm. That's a great tool. That's a great question. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so with um, with this afterbirth plan, um, how can people get more information about it um, and or, you know, jump into your class? I mean, is it something that's only taught, um, you know, in a workshop sense where a person shows up or do you offer it virtually as well for people that are outside of L.A. or Southern California? Sure, absolutely. So we definitely have um, an in-person group setting, um, and you could find you could find the different workshop times and locations on Eventbrite or on our website www.drberlin.com, and that's d-o-c-t-o-r berlin.com. I know it's a little tricky. Okay. Uh, and I also offer the workshops via Skype. So I do them in person individually on a private basis, and I do them over Skype all the time. So anyone who is interested in this information has access to it. Fantastic. And I'll put those uh, those links in the show notes just so people will be able to link to them. And then also will be in the blog post there. Um, is the drberlin.com the best way to get in touch with you if our listeners want to find out more? Absolutely. And you can leave me a message straight through the website. And I usually am able to respond within 24 hours. So please feel free. Okay, excellent. Well, with our last couple minutes, I always like um, wrapping up our interviews with our experts, asking a couple questions, one for the moms and one for the babies. Are you, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, good. So the first one for the moms is just what is, what's the major take home, um, one pearl of wisdom that you'd like moms listening to this episode um, to really take to heart and take home with them from today's message that we are talking about or maybe something we hadn't even talked about yet? That's such a great question. Um, and really where I come to on that is this idea of being kind to yourself, to let yourself off the hook and just really be patient with yourself. Recognize that no one is born a parent in an instance, but that it's a journey. And for most of us, it's a lifelong journey. And to just be patient and give yourself that time to assume that role and to recognize that the goal is not the perfect mom, but that good enough mom. That's beautiful. Thank you. And the next question, the last question, uh, is one of my favorites, and that's for the little babies. It might be, you know, for a baby listening through mama, um, not even born into the world yet, or maybe a newborn that's in mama's arms right now listening to this podcast. Uh, what 
what pearl of wisdom or what words of advice or encouragement uh, would you like to whisper into their little ear? Uh, this feels really powerful. <laughs> um, what I would say to babies is for them to know that mom and dad are doing the best that they can. Um, and, and I think it's a great model for life in general. But to really just know that. It doesn't always feel that way. Definitely over the course of parenting for a child's perspective. But to truly know mom and dad love you and are doing the best they can by you. No. That's so true. We're always doing the best that we can. <laughs> it might not look great, but it is the best <laughs> that we can do. <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly, unfortunately. <laughs> exactly. We're all works in progress. We're always learning more. <laughs> right, absolutely. Well, Dr. Berlin, thank you so much for spending time with us today. This is uh, There's just tons of notes I've been taking here. I've learned so much as a practitioner to be able to help the people that I work with on a day-to-day basis and I know all the listeners um, will really have some great take-homes and hopefully um, we can uh, here at the Cap Wellness Center very soon offer your um, afterbirth plan here an in-person workshop um, I'd love to have our moms taken or our parents taking that um, but if not then we'll we'll funnel them towards your um, Skype sessions so they can get this information as well You're amazing, Dr. J. Thank you so much for doing this. It's so powerful that you're getting these messages out to such a huge body of new parents who really just need information and are searching for information that they can trust and really really utilize. Um, Absolutely. We we have to do the workshop by you guys. I can't think of a better location to do it. Yeah, it'll be fantastic. Great. Amazing. Thank you. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate your expertise. Your, your just genuine caring really shines through in everything that you're sharing here today. And I just really appreciate you. So thank you. You're so sweet. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about this episode and other natural childbirth and parenting topics, please visit us at capwellnesscenter.com or message us on our Facebook page with any questions you might have. We here at the Cap Wellness Center look forward to helping you and your family be as happy and healthy as you can be.